This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. We have talked about so many different things. Uh, we've talked, we, we defined what honor itself is, and then we went on to talk about honoring God in our relationships. And in talking about honoring God in our relationships, we talk about the marriage relationship. Uh, we talked about how the husband must honor God in his marriage and how the wife must honor God in her marriage. The goal of God is that, and I put some of the things we've talked about in the past, but for, because of time, I will just continue. We talked about how we can honor God, obedience, humility, worship, service, submission, and so on and so forth. And in talking about submission, from submission, we talked about how a woman ought to honor God in her marriage. And we also saw that submission is a two-way traffic. God says, submit one to another. And then specifically, he calls out the wife. He says, wives, for you, this means submit to your own husband. Today, what I want to do is talk about the parent-child relationship. And I want to start with the parents today. So I'll be addressing you uh, parents today. Uh, listen to me. <laughs> Being a parent is a tough deal. It's tough. Because you, you, you want to make sure these children, they turn out right in life. And as though parenting is not hard enough, there's also a target on our backs because we are Christians. You say, look at them, all the people that they say they are born again, their children are the ones doing the worst things, right? So we have a target on our back. That's why it's important that we look to God because no man can do this by themselves. Uh, I'm sure you know people that may not know Jesus, and they have done a fantastic job raising their children, right? They have made a success of it. Uh, so for you and I, as believers, uh, there's a little slight pressure on us that we must make it. But I don't want us to live by pressure. Uh, because with God, all things are possible. And that is why we're looking at scriptures today to see how can we do this in a way that glorifies and honors God? The plan of God for husband and wife is that that relationship, that husband and wife relationship, marriage relationship, will be fruitful. Amen? So today I pray and I prophesy over every married couple that is desiring to have the fruit of the womb. God will answer you from above in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, a, a, a lot of times when you have waited for something for so long, it is not impossible that you begin to feel, well, maybe my time has passed. I'm just going to live and enjoy the rest of my life. But I tell you, there is nothing that God cannot do. Uh, there's a story of our regional pastor. That's the, my boss, the one directly over me. His wife had their first child at age 59. And by 61, she had their second child. Praise the Lord. 
So that's a good standard right there. If you are not 59 or 61, there is hope for you. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1, you read from 27 to 28. This is what it says. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And verse 28, very instructive. This is the very beginning, the very beginning. So from the very beginning, the Bible said, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Everything that is contrary to fruitfulness and multiplication in your life, I cancel in the name of Jesus. Everything that is preventing you from living out the reality of the word of God, I, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. You will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will fill the earth. You will govern it in the name of Jesus. Malachi chapter 2 verse 15, the Bible says, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and the spirit you are his. And, he, and what does he want? What does he want? Godly children from your union. So God in marriage relationships wants us to have godly children. Amen? So if I'm married and I'm praying to God, for the fruit of the womb, I'm not asking amiss. You know, James said, you don't receive because you don't ask. And then he went further to say, even when you manage to ask, ask, you still don't receive. Why? Because you ask amiss. You know, but when you are praying for the fruit of the womb as a married couple, you are not asking amiss. And I put in the note here, I said, raising godly children in this age and time can be a daunting task with media and social media and the woke culture. Hallelujah. There's so much stuff going on right now that you, as a parent, it's almost like you need to go to school, get an education to know how to do parenting. Because times have changed. Many of you may not know this, uh, but in my study, I found out that for minors in America, in some states, for minors to have an abortion, they don't require parental ca ca consent. They can just go get it, if that's what they choose to do. In some states, a child can sign up for gender reassignment without parental consent. So this tells us something that as parents, we have a lot of work to do. If you have not given the children a good foundation from home, it's going to be tough for them out there. Watch this. You know, <laughs> by the grace of God, the second week in June, the children's church will reopen. You better clap well so that they will be encouraged to really start. <laughs> but it's a done deal with starting the, the children's church. I've had parents complain that the, child, their child is not improving in spite of children's church. I'm like, they only attend children's church two hours in a week. That's all we get, two hours. Even the two hours is not instruction time. So it is not the children's church that will do all the work, but they will help lay some foundation. 
But we as parents at home, we continue to build upon that foundation to ensure that these children, they turn out well. Watch this. Your child goes to school for about eight hours, Monday through Friday. That teacher is influencing that child. They are telling them stuff. They are giving them information. And then your child comes home, you are like, where is that coming from? I bind the devil. There's no devil. He's the teacher. Amen? He's the teacher. That is why for us, for you and I, and I say us because I'm a parent myself, for us as parents, it's, there's a huge responsibility on us to know God for ourselves and then to present that God to our children. Uh, I put a link on that. Uh, I put a question. I said, can a minor get an abortion without parental consent? Yes. And I listed some states. You click that link, it will show you many more states. Washington State. Washington, D.C. Those are areas where children don't need parental acknowledgement for stuff. What a shame. Not sure how we got to this point, but it's really a shame. Anyway, let's come back to scripture now. Uh, our text, we're going to take our text from Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 1 through 4. Uh, we're going to focus on 4 today, and then next week we'll talk about the children's responsibility in honoring God through their parents. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. This is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. It's no-brainer in our church, we have a lot, a lot of young families. We have young professionals that are, you know, beginning to raise a family. And that is why I feel this is an important topic for us to talk about. Not just for the young families, but for, you know, grown families as well. I'm sure uh, the Irewales, the Coles of this world, the uh, the uh, Samsons of this world, they still have certain concerns over their children, even though the children are grown and they are in their own space. So for us that are still raising children, there's a lot for us to learn. Being a parent requires spiritual discernment. You know, there are some things you just know about your children, not because you have seen or heard anything, but you just have an intuition, something is not right here. Something is not right. And can I say something? Uh, seems to me that women are better than men in that department. You know, <laughs> thank God for your agreement. You know, because sometimes my wife will tell me, I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong, everything is okay. He said, no, honey, no, she will insist. And then by the time we dig deep, we see that, okay, so she was right. And I was not too right. In fact, I was wrong. <laughs> so for us to succeed in raising godly children, we need God's help. We need God's help. Uh, my mom thought she had it difficult when she was raising us. But whatever she went through that she was complaining is nothing compared to what we have today. 
you know. And another thing I've since realized, so that we don't hit ourselves on the head too hard, one other thing I've realized is good parents don't necessarily make good children. Amen? And bad parents don't necessarily make bad children. There are some ugly situations that the children have come out and gone back to bring their parents to the Lord. Amen? Uh, there, there's a, a popular example that I'm sure many of us will have had. Joyce Myers. You know, can you imagine she now went back, led her father to Christ, and baptized him? Amen? It was not his upbringing of her that made her what she is. It was God. So it is important for us, especially as parents, to know that we have a role to play, but at the same time, surrender completely to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because God himself is walking in and through these children. So as we start with the children today, I want us to look at verse 4. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with, discipline, with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I want to open your eyes to see something that is not apparent in the English language in the text that I've just read. It says, fathers, the word, the Greek word that is tra translated fathers there is patah. Pata is the same word that is translated in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, talking about Moses' parents. The word parents there in the Greek is also pata. So when it says fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, it's not only a reference to fathers, it's fathers and mothers. Amen? That is lost in the translation to English, but when you go look at the root word, you see that it means parents. In some cases, it's used as father. Because the father is representative of the family. So when it says fathers do not provoke your children to anger here, it's not, it does not mean that mothers are free to provoke them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It doesn't mean the mothers have a free pass. To provocation. So it says, parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. So I have a few advice for us parents today. Number one, number one, if you are following on the app, uh, the first blank there is biblical. Be biblical. Be biblical. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6, it says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Hallelujah. Direct them in the right way. When they grow up, they will not depart from it. You know, one of the things I learned is that a child's brain, a child's mind, is like a brand new computer that you have just bought. That brand new computer does not have anything in it. It has an operating system. That's about it. But what that system is going to do ultimately will depend on what applications you load into that computer. The fact that we both have 
a Lenovo computer does not mean our computers would do or act the same way. Why? Because it depends on what applications I have put on my laptop and the applications you have put on your laptop. So if I'm a graphic artist, for example, and I have all those uh, graphic things on my laptop, you can come and look at my laptop and say, how come my laptop doesn't do this? Your laptop doesn't have the application. Amen? So a child, when a child is born, the programming begins from that moment. As a matter of fact, uh, doctors have told us that children, in, even in the womb, they can hear you. They can hear voices. Right? So if, they, if a family is given to prayer, and that's all you do during pregnancy, that child already is familiar with prayer. You know, your, some children, you know, some babies, you carry them, you are praying. They start crying. <laughs> because they are not used to it. <laughs> they are not used to it. Some other babies, during naming ceremony, some other babies, you carry them, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying. The baby is just chill, just looking at you. And he, in his or her mind, he says, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Pray, Pastor. Pray some more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So from the womb, the children, they know. So as your child is born and begins to grow, start speaking the word of God over their life. Speaking the word of God into their life. Speak it. Speak the word over them. You know, <laughs> I, I told you last Sunday, I've never called my wife outside of her name. Another thing, I never say anything negative concerning my children. It doesn't matter what they have done. You this child, you are stupid. Never. You will hear it in my mouth, from my mouth. Because as a parent, you know you have authority over your child, yeah? If you didn't know, I'm telling you. As a father, as a mother, the things you prophesy over them, when that child begins to behave like a stupid person, don't complain because you have prophesied it. So be biblical. Make sure the words that are coming out of your mouth are words of scripture. The Bible, speak the word into their life. The Bible says faith causes those things that be not as though they were. So it doesn't matter the present reality or circumstances of that child speak the word of God over their life. Prophesy over their life. Declare the word of God over their life. Command that their life in their life, all will be well with them. All will be well. Praise the Lord. You know, <laughs> when I was little, uh, the way my mom dealt with us, she was a true African mother. You know, I talk about my mom all the time because my dad died when I was 10. So she was a widow, a widow and she never remarried. So she's everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the way she dealt with it was whooping. Woo! <laughs> Nobody beats my mom. You know, and when she's upset... <laughs> Just get ready to duck. Because anything in the vicinity is flying in your direction. So, I was bad, but I knew how to do undercover. I was the CIA, FBI, Secret Service bad guy. 
<laughs> so I didn't get a lot, of, a lot of the whooping, but the few that I got, I, I didn't like it. That was how she knew how to deal with it. But somehow, God still brought his purpose out of my life. He still made it happen. So it's important for you that that child that seem, is seemingly acting out, it does not mean their destiny is destroyed. God has only just begun with that child. How are you going to cooperate with God to ensure that the purpose of God over that child's life comes to pass? It's your responsibility. Okay, no locomotive. Thank you, Amos. <laughs> I praise the Lord. Listen to this. Listen to this. The responsibility we have as parents is so enormous, you have no idea. A lot of parents behave like dictators. You do what I say. Oh, the devil does not know that. I praise the Lord. So we must make sure we give our children a biblical foundation. I said... Be biblical. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Listen, all that is saying to us is this. You and I, as parents, we have a responsibility and a duty to learn the scripture, if I'm going to teach you something, I have to learn it first. Not so. I can't give, you can't give what you don't have. If you don't know the scripture, you can't teach somebody else the scripture. I praise the Lord. So we have a responsibility as parents to study the word. Study the word and prayerfully ask the Lord, how do I deliver this to these children? Why? Because the way they think is not the same way you think. And it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's just time in space. <laughs> you are old school thinking and they are new school thinking, but you can break the scripture is a leveler. There's no old school in scripture. There's no new school in scripture. The scripture is the same. It never changes. That is why you must, as a parent, be biblical. You can't go off of, ah, when we were young, this is what my parents did. Nobody cares about that. In fact, when I, <laughs> when I was young, when I was young, it was my responsibility to do the laundry. So when I tell my children, go do the laundry, and they are grumbling, I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea. To do laundry, let me tell you the process. On a Saturday, Saturday is when I did laundry. So because there was no water running from our faucet, the first thing I have to do is go and fetch water. We had jerry cans, you know, 30 liters, 50 liter jerry can. I put it on my head. That's why, you know, <laughs> all that is supposed to have grown is just, uh, <laughs> anyway. So first I fetch water. After fetching water, I come home. I gather all my mom's stuff. I wash by hand. Washing what? This is the washing machine. I wash by hand. Having washed by hand, while I'm washing, I put water on the stove. As the water is boiling, I mix starch because my mom liked gators. 
you know, her stuff, everything is like, you know. I mean, she was a very beautiful, uh, she's a very beautiful woman, and she likes to dress really pretty too. So I, I starch it, then I put it on the line to dry. While it is drying is when I have time for hangout with friends, play a little game of soccer. By evening, it's dried. When I'm removing it from the line, you are literally tearing it apart because the starch as everything is like that. So I pull it apart, and then now I have to iron all night, all evening. I iron by hand. And guess what? Electricity was not guaranteed. So we had the coal iron. So when I'm ironing anything white, handle with care. Otherwise, I repeat the process. I have to go fetch water. I have to wash it. I have to starch it. And then I have to dry. And then I have to iron it. So handle with care. That is why today I don't iron. I don't have time. All the ironing I need to do in my lifetime, I've done it already. I will pay somebody else. I take it to the laundry. They, then I can complain. No, this is not. Make, make it. And meet, I require heavy starch. In fact, they have it on my tag. Five starch. I don't need to say anything. Once I get there, I give them my stuff. They know it's heavy starch. But I don't do it anymore. Glory be to Jesus. So, be biblical. Be biblical. Number two, be balanced. Be balanced. I already jumped ahead of myself. What I mean by be balanced is, for me, it would be so foolish of me to be comparing my time, my life, with my children's time and their life now. You say, oh, you guys have it easy. No, they don't have it easy. They, the stress they have, I can never understand. Because I didn't have that kind of stress. The social media things, the name calling and the bullying. I, I didn't experience any of that. I, I, can't, I can't relate when they talk about it. Right? So it's not that my life was more difficult and their life is easier. We lived in different eras. So be balanced. Be balanced in your understanding of the situation. One of the reasons we lose perspective is because we keep going back. We keep going back. This is not scripture now. It's just your personal experience. You keep going back. It's, oh, when we were children, when my mother is talking, I cannot talk. The children of nowadays, they are taught to ask questions. The fact that a child is asking a question does not mean the child is questioning your authority. Two different things. Okay. God will help us. Once we move into the new building, we'll have a separate church for them. <laughs> because sometimes I feel like they want to put me in trouble with the parents. Say, yes, yes, pastor, yes, yes. <laughs> but listen to this. Listen to this. It's important that we understand we are from different eras. And try to understand where they're coming from so you can give them biblical direction. But if you don't understand them, if you don't get them, if you can't connect with where they are, whatever you're saying, they may say, yes, daddy, or yes, mommy, but in their heart is a huge load of rebellion. 
they are not accepting it, but they know, if I say no, I know what mom is going to say. Oh, I know what dad is going to say. Amen? So, let them ask questions so that in your answer, you can give them biblical perspective. Somebody asking a question, it could mean questioning the authority, but for the most part, I encourage people asking questions. In fact, on my job, I like it when they ask questions because then I know how to support my team. So be balanced. Be balanced. Be balanced. We must love our children, but part of that love is discipline. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. Hebrews 12, 7. It says, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father. It means every father, every parent, as part of the way they are loving their child, must discipline them. A child that is not disciplined will embarrass the parents in public. You know, a lot of times when I see a child throwing tantrums in public, and I see the mother, eh, what's wrong with this child? Eh, these American children. That's the part I never understand. When you came to America, did Uncle Sam issue you a child? You say, these American children. It's your child. You are responsible for that child. You are responsible for that child. I praise the Lord. So there's nothing like American children, Nigerian children. Are they bearing your name? If they're bearing your name, they are your own. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I called Sheung just now, did I say Sheung of somebody? No, Sheung, Sonny. And if you didn't know before, is that Sonny, is that the same as Pastor Sonny? So that's his daughter. So anything she does from now on is, ah, oh, this pastor is not teaching the daughter well. Right? Because you, you are responsible for your children. You are. You are. So in public, when that child is throwing a tantrum, it's too late to want to train. You should have done training way before they are out messing up. Praise the Lord. The balance. The balance. Discipline is part of love. Proverbs 3.12. Proverbs 3.12. It says the Lord corrects. The NIV says disciplines. The Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects or disciplines a child in whom he delights. If your parents are not disciplining you, there's something wrong with that picture. Part of love is discipline. There is no love without discipline. In fact, your love is incomplete if there is no discipline in it. Number three, very quickly. Be wise. Be wise. Be wise. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I was going to I was going to share some stats with you. To date, to date, 226 million doses of the vaccine, COVID vaccine, have been injected into people in the U.S. 226 million. So if you are doubting whether the vaccine, I should take it or not take it, you are in the minority, is what I'm trying to say. 226 million have taken the vaccine. Those that have been fully vaccinated, 93 million. 
and about 28% of the population. Be wise. Do the needful. Protect yourself with COVID or from COVID, however you say that. But let me come back to this. When I say be wise, it's important for you to know that in the age that we live in, if you get on the pulpit and you are just saying words, you are just putting fancy words together, as you are speaking, in fact, I know my people. Some of them are already fact-checking me from that stats that I just gave. Is that correct? Let me check. You know, you think they are reading the Bible, they are fact-checking you. You know, so children of nowadays, they have access to information. So you can't just come and say, as a parent, I'm telling you this, I'm telling you that. Everything you have said, they're going to go check it. They're going to check it. You say, even the Bible says, the, the, the phrase you have just given them, they, they go check it. They search the Bible up and down, they can't find it. <laughs> you know? I know there are some things that you have said since you were young that you think is scripture, but they are not scripture. You say, heaven helps those who help themselves. Even the Bible says, heaven helps those who help them. They just Google it. Heaven helps those who help themselves, Bible verse. It's not showing anything anywhere. Guess what? Now they are thinking, oh, so daddy doesn't know everything after all. <laughs> the first time my children asked me something and I said I didn't know. They were totally bummed out. They said, what? I said, I don't know. I can check and get back with it, but I don't know. But many of us, we are afraid to say we don't know. But you know you don't know. <laughs> okay, I will just let that slide. <laughs> when you don't know, if the children are asking you stuff and you don't know, let them know, I don't know. I will look it up and I will get back to you. I will get back to you. There's no shame in that. In fact, many of the children today, there's a show. One night I couldn't sleep and I was, I was, just, I was watching a show, Child Genius or something like that. <laughs> Ten-year-olds, the stuff those kids knew, I had no idea. I, I, I didn't almost guess it. I just didn't know. So there's a lot of things we don't know. But what you know, that is why for you as a parent, one thing you must invest your time and effort in is knowing the scripture. Knowing the word. Because you are the one that must teach it to them. So that whatever they are telling them in school, when they come home, you can show them what God says. He said, I know what your teacher, that's what your teacher said, but this is what God has said to us. God is above your teacher. God is above your daddy. God is above your mommy. This is what God has said. But many, don't let me say many, some parents don't know scripture, therefore they cannot counteract what the teachers are saying in school. Listen to this. Number four, be spirit-led. So, number one, I said be biblical. Number two, be balanced. Number three, be wise. And the Bible says God is a generous God. 
if I don't know, and I go to God in prayer, James 1 verse 5, he said, God will liberally, freely, generously, he will give me wisdom. He will give me wisdom. So number four, very quickly, be spirit-led. Be spirit-led. Don't just rely on your own upbringing. I remember when we were in Nigeria, these children cannot relate to it. Stop telling them the, all those. It's good for knowledge. So they know how, what you suffered. <laughs> you know? But to say that will be their reality, it can never be their reality. In fact, you yourself should pray that what you went through should not be the reality of your children. Amen? Amen. So stop taking that. Oh, I remember in Nigeria, in Nigeria, in Nigeria, in Nigeria. They they are tired of it already. Can you tell us something a little bit more contemporary that we can relate with? You want to show them culture? Take them to Nigeria, let them visit. This is where I grew up. We slept on the mat. There was no bed. You show them. But leave it at that. Don't say their life must be patterned after. They cannot relate. So we have created problems where problems have not existed. By insisting, they must take a journey back into your past and leave the reality of your past. They can't. Even if they try, they can't. Try fetching water and carrying jerry can on the head. The neighbors will call CPS. I said, there's a little child every morning is carrying. Said, that child is uh, <laughs> child abuse. Thank you, sir. Child abuse. They can't relate. They cannot live that life. Stop. Yes. Just stop. Thank you. Be spirit-led. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit are the true children of God. They are the true sons of God. You know, listen to God. When you have a situation with your child, don't be in a rush to make judgments because you are the parent. Ask the Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, teach me. How do I respond to this situation? This thing this child has said. My children are free to tell me when they disagree with something. They come, my daughter, I won't mention names, but there's one of them, she's the chief. He said, uh, Daddy, uh, what you said yesterday hurt me. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> say, you raise your voice. I said, that's how I talk. <laughs> you know, I, I think they said that some Nigerian somewhere living in an apartment, somebody called the popo for them that they were fighting. <laughs> when the police got there, I said, no, we're just having a conversation. <laughs> you know, so I've taught them that, look, the same way I am learning you, you ought to also learn me. So when, that's just how I talk. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm not upset. I'm, let me say it in your way. I'm not mad. You know, I'm just talking. You know, not everybody will be like Dr. Selena. You know, her voice is always very gentle like a dove. But Dr. Bode, on the other hand, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, and he's giving me ginger. He's giving me ginger because he knows we are, we are from the same school. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So children, we will get to children next week. You know, 
So understand your parents. So I, they know. They, they can tell me, oh, Daddy, you, you hurt me yesterday. You hurt me yesterday. I said, what did I do? And then she tells me, and then I explain to her, oh, sometimes I just apologize. I'm sorry I didn't mean that. That's not, that was not my intention. You know, I'm sorry. And we leave it at that. And it's like from one second to the next, you know, comes with, you hurt me, and the next minute, we're laughing. We're, we're, we're back together. You know, so let them, listen, and I'm going to close with this. I'm not done, but I will, we'll close with that. Listen to this. There's so much going on out there. In fact, I was speaking to a professional the other day, and the gentleman told me that because of COVID, amongst children, the case of depression and anxiety and all of those things has gone up. A lot of kids, a lot of children. So those children have pressures that they are not telling you about. They have situations that they are not telling you about because you have not created the environment to have a conversation. Let's create that healthy environment where the children can come home and say stuff to us. My wife told me a story. This happened many, many years ago here in America. Uh, there was a little girl coming from school one day, walking through the alley. She was raped, but she never told anyone until she was a grown adult, until she was in her 20s before she said a thing about it. Meanwhile, that thing is crushing her on her inside. What did I do? Did I cause that to happen to me? Did I attract that to myself? You don't know what they are going through. And if you just want to do, and you do what I say. Yeah, you do what I say. And all of those things, we lose them. Let's rise to our feet. And I want us to bow our hearts. Just lift up your hands.